I did not. Ready. I did not expect. Uh, I did not expect Midnight Suns to be Persona uh, version Marvel. So, is it? Basically. Oh, that might actually get me to play the game then. Uh, have you ever wanted to go fishing with Blade? Because it got you. If I ever wanted to what? Have you ever wanted to go fishing with Blade? Because it got you. I'll bet. Yeah. Man, I, I, I wanna I wanna learn the ways of tax evasion from Mr. Wesley Snipes. Don't we all? Wait, no, not from him. He failed. He got caught. No what? Um He got caught because he talked. Hello and welcome everyone to the VG Weekly Roundup, your number one unranked weekly video game podcast. Every you know, we really gotta change the times on this because we're still doing the old times, huh? Yeah, now nah, well, yeah. I'm trying to go for the agreement. I'm trying to get things settled, and then I'm also fucking lazy. So, but. so basically, every Tuesday and Thursday, times pending, but basically around eight thirty p.m. ish uh, central, we come to you live with our collections of this week's biggest gaming news, host topics, and what we've been playing right here at Twitch.tv/closp. That is Twitch.tv/closp. Please. Remember, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming and one free monthly Twitch sub for any channel. We'd love to be that channel for you, but if not, you know what? Fuck you. That's okay, because we are everywhere. You can support us still by liking, rating, sharing, and following the podcast on all of your favorite podcast services, such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. No, I'm being serious. Yeah, we're, we're, we're everywhere. We are just there, there, under your bed, in the cookie jar, in the refrigerator, in the cabinet, in the microwave. You cannot swing a stick without hitting some, something VG Weekly Roundup related. It is, as we are, branching out. In all of our VG Weekly Roundup stuff, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, on YouTube, at VG Weekly. That is at VG Weekly. Man, that was a mouthful. It's getting there. It's a, it's, a, it's a sweet, it's a sweet taste. Mm, mm. Anyway, I'm one of your co-hosts. I am the deranged voiceman himself, Ultima Ev, at Ultima JV Death on Twitter and Twitch. And with me, as always, the host with the most, the man that is that is responsible for this entire car wreck, the man clad in green. We call him P, but he is the man C. Los P. So earlier today while I was working, I don't know what happened. Suddenly, there was like a, a, a twist or a pull or something in my right arm that made it so like, oh, I feel like I'm lacking blood flow on this arm. And I couldn't get it to undo itself pretty much all day. And it got kind of creepy on there. Now, after, you know, taking that nap I did before the show so I wouldn't pass out, I no longer have that feeling anymore. But, like, I have this sense of, like, I don't know, almost soreness, tension, now in both of my shoulders, and I don't know which sucks more. I just know that death is ever approaching. Same. Same. I'd say I won't live to see 30, but then I'd be disappointed, because I most likely will. Anyway. I, mean, I can tell you right <laughs> now that the, the warranty is not valid after that point, but go on. Yeah, this is episode 27 on Tuesday, December 6, 2022. We got two big, big, big stories for you. And when I mean big, I mean they're fucking long. We got some stuff about From Software, and we got some uh, costs, some, some cost changes from Xbox, as well as we're going to be running through uh, the VGAs 
right before Thursday because that's gonna be a big day because we will be live streaming, we'll be co-streaming the VGAs so that way we can all make fun of Jeff Keighley's little outfit. But first, I gotta ask the burning question, P. What have you been playing? Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, I did some furnishing. I did some planting. Um, you know, just, sir. Just, 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 it's it, it, it. Is there is there a stop between here and the fucking point? That's a point. Sir. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have been playing. Or I finally started Marvel's Midnight Suns, and let me tell y'all. You know, the reviews have ultimately been good for the combat, but I would say the biggest thing people are hitting it on is the fact that uh, between the combat, you're living in a place called the Abbey, which is like a pocket dimension where you go ahead and basically are playing the Persona social links with Marvel superheroes. And all people are telling have been saying in most reviews of how choppy and not interesting that is. To those people... I would like to tell them, fuck off. Don't tell me how to live my life. You're not my dad. Because, I mean, look, if you are someone who can't get down with going on a fishing trip with Blade during the day while he talks about having a crush on uh, Captain Marvel then you don't deserve the amazing combat in Midnight Sun. Because I'll tell you right now, the combat is fucking amazing. Uh, for those who don't know, the, uh, this is made by six, uh, Fire Access, Six Access, what, something like that. It's an access power. I don't know why. That's, that's not a bad... That, that, those are bad people. But it's people behind uh, XCOM, like officially behind XCOM. And they went ahead and made a uh, tactics, uh, isometric, card-based combat game. And I'm down with it. Like, the combat is honestly so fucking cool and so enjoyable. It really is. Where you go ahead and you draw out, your, you know, each character has a deck of about, I believe it's 9 to 12 cards, ultimately. And you go ahead and you start the map uh, with random cards showing up. You get to use them. As you use basic cards, they build up hero points, which you can use to more, uh, which you can go, then go ahead and use to more uh, use more uh, uh, powerful cards that do like hero actions and whatnot. What's kind of cool about it is the way they keep it fresh is so they break it down and so you can you can play three cards, you can move once, and you can redraw two cards at any point in the match. So there is all of that, but there's also the fact that if you have enough hero points. And you have the environment, which are, um, you know, the, the maps, for not being, I would say, huge, they do make up the fact that they are filled with interactables that you can use your hero points to go ahead and do certain things depending on the character. Such as, like, you can, if it's a crate, a small crate, you can go ahead and get near that, and then you can throw that at an enemy that does not count against you playing cards to go ahead and do damage or affect the playfield. And then on top of that as well, you know, you can do uh, stuff, stuff like throwing grades, stuff like um, if you're strong enough, a thing that most people would go ahead and vault over, you would instead actually go ahead and kick it forward and hit someone. Uh, a really cool example of this is, so a, a very common card that comes to you early on is the knockback card. You play that, you knock somebody back, and the environment, every, you know, 
if they hit a wall, it does bonus damage on that. I was on a rooftop, and you know how, like, in the classic, like, uh, uh, infiltrate the base situation, they have those weird, like, pyramid-type glass domes on the buildings that just are there for no goddamn reason. Um, well, basically that, but so, in doing so, the environment is so interactive that you can go ahead and if you throw someone into those glass uh those glass ceilings they will break and then from that point on you can proceed to get any any new characters that come in any new enemies you can knock them down into the building itself so it's that you know just that kind of cool extra interactivity and again while the maps themselves for the combat may not be that big they do make them uh, into multi-maps per level. So you can clear out one area, then you proceed to the next area. It's also going to be combat. And it's just it's just really fresh and enjoyable without ever really getting stale. And then again, like I said before, I mean, yo, just... It gives very much the feels of old-school Marvel's Ultimate Alliance where you can have the cool little, like, learn more about this character you may not have known about from the comic books, you know, get their backstory, their, um, what, what series they're from, you know, you, you're making a new, a new friend, a new character that you can grow in love with to, you know, like, I know for me, my biggest direction in Deadpool was, I think, uh, like, original X-Men, original X-Men Legends, I think it was, like, X-Men Legends 2, where he would talk about being part of Weapon X program, and this is very much feels the same thing. And there's also feels of, like I said before, going fishing with Blade and just like just chilling, having a good time. And I'm just all about it. You can go ahead, you unlock costumes for both casual costumes, like when you're not in combat, if you're at the Abbey, just chilling for everybody, everybody can go ahead and wear their like, you know, loungewear stuff. And if they are like, let's see here, if they are like you can go in there. You can choose to put the combat scene on there. But it's the cool thing of like, oh, hey, do you want to go ahead and like just be in a hoodie and some blue jeans and a pair of uh, chucks while you go around talking to different people and unlocking like armor sets and editing your decks and everything? Or like trying to get magic to not be as moody because she's sad that Wanda got sent away. All this. And it's just a really cool thing of, yeah, this is... This is this is a Marvel persona, and I'm and I'm so all about it. I am deeply enjoying it. I will say I had to go ahead, and this is this is a very personal thing. It's not a big thing. I would say is a like a deal breaker for it. Uh, a big thing about it was, oh hey, I can't stream this game for the way that I play games because while it does have native ultra wide uh, settings for like in game movement and interactivity, the actual like point to point. I don't know who was behind that kind of optimization, but they couldn't make up their goddamn mind. So, because so at one point, at one point, you'll go ahead and be like the ultra wide screening of "Hey, take up your whole screen. Looks really nice. Looks really cinematic, and the game is fucking gorgeous. Runs really, really well. That's awesome." And then it'll go to like, "Oh, hey, uh, here is you know when they when they do talk, when you have interactivity, when it's like a Mass Effect situation, suddenly the screen becomes like four by six. Or standard 16 by 9. For whatever goddamn reason. And then it'll go ahead and play like a pre-rendered cinematic. 
which will be in the ultra wide setting at certain points, and then certain ones that look at pretty much identical in the design, you would think, are back to like the basic, you know, 16 by 9 for whatever reason. It's a really weird optimization situation there. So that, that kind of sucked. But I mean, I'll take it. I'll eat that. The game is awesome. And I just, I can't stop having a good time with it. Like, I am sad that I have decided to take a step back to play, one, I want to play more indies, but also, two, trying to go ahead and finish up Final Fantasy VII Remake, again, my second playthrough, and then the DLC for Yuffie before Reunion comes out. Because I'm just, in the back of my mind, I'm constantly thinking, I want to keep playing this game. Like, I just, I'm about it. I'm so about it, and... If you get a chance, I don't think anyone would be really disappointed in Marvel's Midnight Suns. I didn't realize it was apparently like an 80-plus hour game if you let it be. So I'm all about what, it. Let's Midnight Suns or... Uh, Midnight Suns, yeah. Ah. Yeah, so I don't know. I can't say enough good things about it. I'm only a few hours <laughs> in, but I'm just... I'm excited to let this go ahead and just be my fucking life. Like, I am so excited for it. Is it perfect? No. Can the do the do the faces look way too fucking masculine? Because the kind of kind of face, yes, absolutely. Um, I don't agree with the voice direction. A lot of the actors were given for their different characters on there. I think it's a little too um, trophy. But hey, what happens? It happens. I'm still down with it. As Michael J. White as Blade, let's go. Like I don't, I don't care. I'll take it. Give me, give me any sort of backstory. Michael J. White as Blade, I'm, I'm here for it. I felt like they kind of missed an opportunity for to get Mahershala Ali since I believe he is going to be Blade and the actual like adaptation that's coming out at Look, some Mar- point. To, to be fair, Marvel's wasting that fucking opportunity too because uh, not this is again it's not a comment on the man's uh, age or appearance, but he is an older gentleman and he's just like, hey, can we like make the fucking movie already? Because they keep delaying it. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a series, I believe. No, it's a it's a movie. Is it? Oh. And it's going to be a movie. Hmm. But yeah, no, Marvel Night Suns, play it. I'm deeply enjoying it. I'm like, so, it's so much fun. So, so much fun. I think it's worth it. Uh, do I feel ashamed of myself for spending the $100 on the Super Ultimate Edition for all 23 costumes? No. Should I? Yes. But I don't. And here we are. Again, Persona. And, and to kind of cut cut away from the podcast a bit, yo, Foos Gaming, thank you very much for the rate of twelve. I got, I just got to give them the flowers; they deserve it. Yes, absolutely. Sorry about that. I, I, I was getting the hype back up from being half asleep. And I didn't want to let it go. Um, so yeah, but thank you for that. Welcome, welcome, Raiders and Foos, the homie. By the way, Foos, I got to talk to you about some later. I'll, I'll DM you. Uh, but yeah, no, that's me, Marvel Midnight Suns. I can't wait to play more. I haven't been playing anything worth talking about, so I'm skipping. I'm skipping this week. I'm skip. I'm skipping it. I haven't played anything different than Pokemon Scarlet, and I don't want to talk about Ragnarok until I've beaten it, and until after the VGAs specifically. Yeah. So with that, how about we get into some to one to our two stories today, huh? Huh? Yeah, it's gonna be a shorter week this week for the sake of um. You say How do I put it? some long-ass fucking skits right here. These stories aren't that fucking long, honestly. But um, 
But yeah, no, it's a shorter one because we're going to have tomorrow off. The, again, housekeeping. There will be no show for Weeaboo uh, Trash Talk tomorrow as it normally is. As we're taking that day off to prepare for our group reaction to the Game Awards on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, I believe it is. Which we will get into just right after the second story because we are going to reflect on our thoughts. Not so much our opinions because it. We, go back to episode 24. You're going to like that. You're going to like t- hear us talking about our actual opinions. We get into the nitty gritty. But uh, this week, we're just going to do a quick rundown before the VGAs actually happen. But with that... Let's talk about From Software. Actually, no, let's talk about Crunch specifically, because that is the uh, that's something that's been uh, hitting the, the hitting the news cycles, not just in gaming, but also in animation. But uh, well, let me stop being around the bush. So, uh, how much does From Software actually crunch? It's from Jeffrey Bunting over at Game GamesIndustry.biz. The lovely people over at GamesIndustry.biz. So, following the success of Elden Ring, a series of Negative reviews from From Software, oh sorry, of From Software surfaced on Twitter, claiming that staff at the studio often faced excessive overtime and a chronic dissatisfaction with pay. The reviews were originally published on the Glassdoor-like jobs board career connection between, that was a weird sentence I know, between 2012 and 2019. With its increasing prominence in the West, many latched onto the mention of crunch in the reviews of From Software. It prompted Twitter users to fall into tired stereotypes of Japan as a country of overwhelming overtime and exploitive work practices. GamesIndustry.biz spoke to a number of From Software employees, past and present, to gain a better understanding of how the issues raised affect yeah, the issues raised affect those working at Elden Ring's developer. The studio does not permit employees to give their in- to give interviews whether they still work at From Software or not. As such, all sources wish to remain anonymous, which is very weird, but that's just me. Anyway, GamesIndustry.biz approached from software for com- uh, for comments multiple times, but given what I just read a little bit while ago, they received no response. To no one's surprise. One source was quick to refute the stereotypes of Japanese companies overworking their staff. Quote, the general industry in Japan is not that crazy compared to my experience in other fields. Japan has a lot of holidays, and there is a rule that from software staff shouldn't stay later than 10 p.m., and 90% of the time, staff won't stay later than 9 p.m. This may not resemble the 9 to 5 most companies use as a baseline, but from software, in line with reforms uh, to Japan's Labor Act, advertises its workday as lasting eight hours, citing, quote, flexible work hours with core time between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. Multiple sources concede, however, that there is, quote, some level of crunching at From Software. It appears to be variable by department, with one source telling us, quote, there hasn't been much overtime work for me. And another from a separate department said, quote, during critical periods of game releases, I often had to work early mornings and overtime for two to three months. This time period was echoed by another source who noted that while it's not as if crunch happens on a daily basis, it's more common, quote, during the ROM check for the publisher or two to three months before release. How is this overtime compensated? Well, according to one source, overtime is generally included in the salary. After midnight, however, we were paid late night overtime, but that was half of our usual hourly rate. This is unusual in Japanese companies where hourly wages are often increased after midnight. This tallies with a generally below average rate of pay at From Software. 
One source was keen to stress to offset criticism of crunch and pay that From Software is, quote, not a big organization, which is true. Despite a AAA billing as of May 2022, From Software has 304 employees. Just uh, just to cut away from this article, I believe we covered this, I believe, a month or two ago that From Software is now is just now only starting to expand from their 349 employees to about 200, 300 extra more employees. So just keep that in mind. Going back to the article, those employees can expect, according uh, according to data on Career Connection, an average yearly salary of 3.41 million yen, which is equivalent uh, which is equivalent to just shy of twenty five thousand dollars, significantly less than the 5.2 million yen, also thirty eight thousand dollars, employees at the comparably sized Atlas take home. It's worth noting that conversions throughout this article have been made using current exchange rates as of November, as I scroll up, November 29th, 2022. Um, though the Japanese yen has fallen significantly, significantly against the dollar in the past two years. Compared to the cost of living in Tokyo, once were said from software's, quote, salary is not adequate, they went to say that others close to them at the studio did not appear satisfied with their salaries either. Salaries were reports the monthly average salary in Japanese game development ranges from about 231,000 yen, which is $1,675, to about 735,000 yen, which is basically rounding down to about 5.3k. By comparison, recent rules advertise that from software all start from about 220,000 yen, which is about $1,600 per month. It's worth taking uh, taking into context that mainly rent in Tokyo averages from around 203,000 yen, which is about $1,500 for a single bed apartment, while the cost of living ho- of living hovers around a thousand, almost a thousand dollars, which is 139,000 yen. These no doubt factor into staff dissatisfaction with salaries. With the immediate success of Elden Ring. Publisher Bandai Namco announced in February that it would be raising salaries, quote, by an average of 50,000 yen, which is about $360 per month for all employees. Moreover, base monthly salaries would increase from the previous 232,000 yen to a 290,000 yen, which is just scraping over $2,100. With all its current roles advertised at the same 220,000 yen base rate, there is no sign that From Software intends to do the same. However, Although there is talk of crunch and low salaries, there also appears to be a lot of employee satisfaction at From Software. Multiple sources gave positive accounts of their experience at From Software, despite their own criticisms. One suggested the long hours are a bit like playing Dark Souls. And gee, I wonder why they'd say that. Mm. It's kind of a tense way. It's kind of tense in a way, they say. Uh, there's a lot of struggle to get things right, but if you get over the hump, it is very satisfying. It's just like you defeat a boss in Dark Souls. I feel like they have a gunpoint at their heads, but that's... Right? That's, like, that's, hey, you uh, tell the company line, blink, yeah, yeah, it's blink a, once, blink twice. Shell our company game, why don't you? <laughs> anyway, others were more pointed in their praise. Quote, it's been a great experience, one said not only because you can work on a AAA title, but also because you can work with co-workers that are so talented and passionate about creating a video game. Crunch. Crunch. Not not, not just Naughty Dog exclusive. It happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is wild. Again, just to note that they are a small company, but this is still ludicrous since um, their games but- do be making a lot of money. 
Yeah, like they they've even announced, like Bandai Namco even announced with the release of Elden Ring that that basically has pushed them to a whole new stratosphere of marketing and uh, margins for success ultimately. But I will say absolutely, like despite I'm like I'm happy that it seems some have a positive outlook. It appears like at the moment, but I still have to go ahead and state and like make it real. Like, hey, this is um. So, like, they, you know how they kind of, like, Hollywood likes to keep remaking uh, Stepford Wives? Uh, this definitely feels like Stepford Wives. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like playing the game, you know? And you get so many nice co-workers. Like, it's it's like the dude who was, like, it's the, it's the middle manager who is so excited and hyped for it. It's their job to make you hype for the pizza party. When really you could have just fucking paid people properly, like so again, I, I think I think it kind of gets glossed over in the article because you know they got they got a lot of information to dump in there. But to go back to the monthly average salary in Japanese game development, it ranging between uh, sixteen hundred to fifty uh, fifty two hundred per month. Um, let me see here, cost of living in Tokyo. I'm sorry. Uh, from sixteen, from seventeen hundred to fifty, uh, fifty-three hundred. Yeah, is that yeah. what I said? No, you said sixteen to fifty-two. Less than a hundred dollars oh, well, is 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 a lot. Oh no, no, I'm 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 going down because oh, taxes. Going, okay. Ah, bad. Remember that if they're advertising the price range, they ain't counting taxes to that. You you know that damn well they're not counting any taxes you pay into that. Um, Fair. so let's go ahead and then put that against. Uh, the average Tokyo, where the where their company is based, the average Tokyo monthly like just rent itself. That's at fourteen hundred. No, no, it's, it's fourteen hundred on average. Oh and my bad, then, I was looking at the uh, living costs. No, no, that's that's rent, and yeah, and then living cost on top of that is a thousand, basically over a thousand, basically, and that's just like not even. I don't know. We can't really break down what that means for everyone. Like, yes, the 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, situation. Like, okay, that's one thing. But the fact that, again, there is at no point in any company, it should ever be excusable that, oh, hey, you're working more than the set hours of our company. We're going to pay you less. For no, fuck you. You're going to let me go home with what you're going to do. You're going to let me go home and you're going to grade me on the work I did within the time allowed because clearly it's not as no one it's not an employee's fault the employer is not how to manage their fucking projects. So, no fuck you to that. They absolutely that is inexcusable. They actually need to change that shit. Absolutely. I, I also want to I also want to point out that from software isn't like a lot of other companies to where they do not put out a game every year every two years every three years they do take their time before mm -hmm. elden ring there the last game that came out was Sekiro, which i believe was 2019 i could be mistaken as uh, i have to double check yeah 2019 yeah and no, i'm gonna say because i'm pretty no no because no, they, they, people might count demon souls again but that no that was blue point that was not them they've been working on elden ring for a while now yeah and blue point was uh was a remaster not a complete remake was it no, it was a it was a uh, complete remake. It was a complete remake. Oh, then yeah, yeah, which was two years ago. Yeah, it's still ample amount of time. Exactly. Like, 
this game is good. You know, had no need to be rushed. Everyone is like, oh, cool, what happened and happened. Awesome, great. Happy for everyone who enjoyed the game. But, like, I'm sorry. There's just some things you just don't, you do not give a company the benefit of the doubt on. You just don't. I don't give a shit yeah, who you are. Giving the doubt. I'm saying, like, against them, like, they have oh, no. so much time. Yeah. They, no. could have, they don't have to crunch. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that in opposed to you, but what you're saying, I'm saying, like, this has a set rule. There are certain things that no matter if anyone here hearing us or whatever side they want to take, you just there are just certain things you don't give the benefit of the doubt to a company for. Plain and simple. That that's where I'm coming from here. Of uh, like, yeah, no, they need to be paid more if they're if they're working beyond their normal hours. You pay your employees more. Plain and simple. Or you send them home. You let them rest. And there's just again, this the success of Elden Ring really has shot Bandai Namco to a new tier. Absolutely. And I wouldn't want them to get too comfortable there for the sake of they can't regularly do an Eldering, nor should they. But it is still a thing of like, okay, cool. This is just revealing then some bigger issues you have to go ahead and address on there. Because, th- again, this whole, again, I think as an older individual who's been to a lot of, uh, hey, work for the company type job situations. I've been to a lot of pizza parties. I'm going to tell you right now. This whole, it's kind of like playing Dark Souls thing. Yeah, that is absolutely a younger, inexperienced employee who is trying really hard to make sure their contract lasts beyond next month or some shit. So there's a, there's a lot of way people will go ahead and, especially, especially with the, just, um, the mythos behind a, a company like From Software. It, it is a huge fucking deal. Like From Software is a huge fucking deal in terms of how big they are uh especially their growth yeah so uh, this is this thing's about it's like okay cool this doesn't seem like a heartbreaking article but i think i i only take um exception to how i feel personally a lot of people who are speaking about this or not speaking about this they're giving from software too much of a pass on it like th- these are these small microaggressions that turn into people hiding in closets very fucking quickly. So I hope that we do see follow-up support, follow-up reports on this, uh, especially from software, who was apparently going to be making that transition into, hey, let's make other games not just Souls-like games and have them be different. Yeah, I'm going to want to be very much keeping my eyes out for what is the culture like from here? Because certain things about this, just plain and simple, must change. Certain things about this, are inexcusable. Uh, happy people it seem also, to still have a positive outlook, but things, some things have to change. And I'll be, it would be also depend. It's already cut in. It would also depend if they are somehow tied down to a publishing company because from software's mm-hmm. uh, from software's history, they don't tie themselves down to a single publishing company. Um, just lately, they've been doing Bandai Namco, but again, their their uh, their their game releases span three to four years. We're not counting remakes or remasters. And in the past few years, they've done publishing for Bandai. They've done publishing for Sony. And they, they got published by Activision. They are not tied down. So whatever Bandai... Bandai is being... Uh, Bandai's salary increases, sadly, is not going to affect From Software salary increases unless they have a deal where they're only publishing... from Or From Software is being published only by Bandai Namco, which is unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Yeah, so they are technically under the blanket of you would They're still say independent uh, contractors. 
I'm gonna say well, they, um, in terms of like who is actually making the decisions for them, they are technically underneath the uh, Karakawa group. That is a very big group in Japan. They you'll most likely hear from them a lot in terms of they have their um, their sign pop up before a lot of anime normally. But as someone who also follow who has to report news on them on the anime podcast in the future, uh, Karakawa is absolutely aiming to be way bigger in all facets of what are their releases, what is their library, what do they have people working on. So more work is absolutely incoming in different facets. I can't imagine a world where they don't. Like, so again, the 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 Soul stuff seems to be coming Bandai Namco, especially Elden Ring. I think it's a big thing someone mentioned as a side note recently of like, you know, with all the acquisitions happening, you got to imagine Bandai Namco is thinking about, okay, well, what if someone go, comes in and officially scoops up from software? I don't know if they're going to pick that fight. Anyone will pick that fight with Katakawa, but I mean, it's a thing to think about. Absolutely. So it's a matter of like, who's going to, who's got the best, uh, who's sweetening the pot the best. And I hope that involves also sweetening working conditions. Speaking about working conditions and money, let's talk about uh, let's talk about shit that's happening here in the states. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that and just you know, money, money, money. Uh, Microsoft raising prices on new first party games built for Xbox Series X and S to seventy dollars in twenty twenty three. This is Rebecca Valentine at IGN. Xbox preparing to join other major gaming publishers in raising prices of its major new first-party titles from $60 to $70. Beginning in 2023, games built for Xbox Series X and S, including Forza Motorsport, Redfall, and Starfield, will cost $69.99 USD at launch, basically $70 plus tax. While Xbox has noted that regional pricing may differ, it has yet has not yet given specifics for the countries or other countries. The prices reflect the content scale, technical complex, uh, complexity of these titles, a Microsoft spokesperson told IGN. As with all games developed by our teams at Xbox, they will also be available with Game Pass the same day they launch. The price increase is unsurprising given that year earlier this year, Xbox head Phil Spencer said that the company wouldn't be able to hold on hold its pricing forever. But the Xbox would not raise prices ahead of the 2023 holiday season. Xbox is also not the first company to have done this. Sony, Ubisoft, and Take-Two Interactive have announced $70 price points for certain new games. And Sony specifically has reported... Um, that's a that's not said correctly. They didn't... Reported, discussed raising that price even higher. Uh, sorry, yeah. you sound like you needed to burp for a sec. Yeah, no, I, I literally, my eyes got crossed. I was like, okay, basically they've said they would raise their game prices, their base game prices higher than 70. For whether, as for whether this will mean Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S will also get more expensive, it's hard to say. The PlayStation 5 already got hit with a price increase in a number of countries, and Nintendo has said it's not ruling out an increase on the Switch in the future. When Sony announced its console price hike, Microsoft clarified that it had no plans to do the same for its current Xboxes, something that Spencer reiterated in September. However, in October, Spencer phrasing, Spencer's phrasing was a bit different. We've held price on our console, we've held price on games and our subscription, he said. 
I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things. IGN reached out to Xbox for comment on potential console price increases, but the company declined to comment. Full price for new major video games has, main, has remained steady at $60 since the Xbox 360 PS3 era. Prices in which most games cost $50. Companies increase prices, uh, increasing prices now have cited factors such as increased development costs and ongoing inflation as key reasons behind the jump. So this this is nothing to be surprised about. Like this is you've already got to taste that. Yeah, there's nothing to be surprised about. And also the surprising thing, one, games should be costing more. Absolutely. For those who don't know, because I, I we're very much geared toward the West in terms of our audience, in most countries outside of the West, they play they pay and have been paying way fucking more than sixty dollars for base games. I think some games that are released like in Japan and even Europe. Their prices, this where base release games are like $90. Nothing special. That's just the release. Uh, and, that, and that is not just that is not just conversion. That is just there, it costs that much. In the West, we're very much spoiled in our pricing, in all honesty. So there is that. There's also the fact that uh, it isn't called out in here, but I have seen some articles discussing how not even developers necessarily or the big groups such as Sony and Microsoft, but the publishers, the actual publishers, such as what they mentioned in here. Who, who were they again? Uh, let's see. Like Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive. Um, Sony. They have, they've been pushing for it. No, charge more. We want you charging more because we want our bigger cut for this. So it's, it's coming from all angles of like not even people who, not even just Sony and Microsoft who uh, are having to make that choice or wanting to make that choice, but people who make games that are big enough to go ahead and move consoles are also saying you better start charging more for this or we're going to reevaluate our deal. It's not surprising in the slightest, especially because we've had a few tastes like that. Uh, mm -hmm. The Final Fantasy 7 um, port for Epic Games was 70 bucks. Uh, yeah. Friggin uh, Call, yeah, Call of Duty Modern for 2 was 70 bucks base. We are, we, a lot of us are already there. It's now just it's it's now been announced that it's going to be a norm from all facets, not just PC, but now uh, not just PC, not just PlayStation, but now uh, Xbox and most likely uh, Nintendo. Um, it's nothing to escape from. Hell, I remember when games, new games cost 40 bucks when I was a kid. Yep. Um, it being 60, it, it is what it is, especially with inflation now. In fact, we are lucky that it's only getting going up 10 bucks and not 20 or 30. Mm -hmm. So then again, I don't think a lot of us would really care because a lot of us still spend a hundred bucks on like deluxe edition to games, pre-orders, collector's editions. If it's something we're passionate about, we're just going to throw money. Look again, at me, a person that has never bought a collector's edition is going to buy the collector's edition of Resident Evil 4 because I'm passionate about it. Um, I am, I am, my brow was raised just because I want to know if they are going to continue like if they're it, they said that their consoles are going to stay the same whether that's going to stay i have no clue as we already as as you read already spencer said well maybe we'll have to change some other things if it's just the games the subscriptions so be it if they didn't do this then we'd have consoles that would come out in like 10 years instead of the next five years and would probably cost a lot more than what the ps5 costs now yeah just to try I to think make ends 
I think a point to that as well, because I'm not sure if I did, we've read these stories while you and I were doing the podcast, or it might have been me and Minus, of recent stories they announced were such as, like, Microsoft has known this is incoming, and they are trying to find ways to go ahead and soften that blow of, hey, no, come here. Whereas, for biggest examples, they have already notated in certain interviews that, no, they're pretty sure they've moved as many consoles as they're going to in terms of giant hikes. They aren't really fixating or accounting for, oh, a huge bump, uh, you know, a bump in console sales. No, they're pretty much sure they know everyone is where they're going to be for a while. It would have to be something major to go ahead and get them to start buying again, which they're not interested in doing right now. That's also why they made choices like they went ahead and put the streaming device that they had in development uh, on the back burner in favor of making a free app to go ahead and back end onto smart TVs to allow for uh, cloud gaming. Because again, there is no point in making another piece of hardware when the data shows people aren't going to spend that extra money there. So what is the smartest way to ask people for their money? What is the best way to get them into this ecosystem without having them spend money uh, with the accounting of, you know, once they're there, regardless, you, you can't avoid having people spend money forever. So I like that approach in that sense of like, yeah, they, they know it's going to have to happen, but they also are aware of the fact that they are still the underdog in the fight in terms of narrative, at least, but trying to bear in mind, like, how do you offset this? Because I'll tell you right now, I don't worry too much about this, these increases, because in how I go ahead and uh, spend the money on games, on that, I, again, I view all games as I feel like we all should of these are luxury items. They are hobbyist items. We do not need video games. We love them to death. No one is owed them. No one has a right to them. They are, you buy the luxury item if you want to. That's that's your choice to unwind. But they can charge whatever the fuck they want for it because, well, it's not needed. It's not it's not a needed item. As but long as with that in mind. Quality. <laughs> exactly. And with that in mind, this is a matter of like, okay, so how does this affect me? It doesn't. Because, okay, first party. So I, I don't remember the names of the three games right now, but next year... They are aiming for three uh, Xbox exclusive games that are coming to Xbox and PC. That is going to be, Ooh, I know one of them is Redfall. Yeah. I know one Starfield. of them is Starfield. Yeah, that's going to be the big thing as and well. Forza. Forza, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. You had them right there. And you know what? Those are all movers. And all, Well, I should say Forza is a guaranteed Forza mover. is a big mover. Yeah, Forza is a mover. Uh, Starfield is a mover only because of the company that is making Starfield. I hi- I highly doubt it will move as much, in my opinion. But that's just me. And Redfall, it has intrigue, but it's it's a completely new yeah. IP, so Red- it's not going to move as much. Yeah, I think the big experiment there is going to go ahead and be like, how much does Starfield really move that needle? Because again, that's the big thing of hey, that's a big console thing that is destined to sell well ultimately. So how is it going to look when people either have to be on PC or they got to have an Xbox to play it? Because that, that that's going to be the big thing on there. Because you know, ultimately, what is the power of Bethesda? How much was that worth the investment? We have to see about that in reality. Not as much so. as if it was uh, Elder Scrolls Six. I'll tell you that. Okay, uh, you know. Well, I, I'm not saying it as a fanboy. I'm saying it as because Elder Scrolls is already a made name. Yeah, uh, well, Starfield is a new IP. Yeah, so like we'll we'll see what that all means. So it's gonna be an interesting new year to incoming of like Xbox. But ultimately, even with all that in mind, you have Game Pass, you don't gotta worry about this. Cause 
you just if you're on just, if you're on PC Game Pass, you definitely don't have to worry about this. Yeah, exactly. Like and as as Phil has said multiple times, of like they don't think they can keep the pricing forever. They probably can't. I mean that increase that price increase is coming. Absolutely, I'd still rather pay my however much it is going to be for a month or months with Game Pass as opposed to just buying games outright. Like even as someone who's bought so many games here recently with the holiday sales. Most of that has been like, oh, games I would get on PC or indie games that typically you would find on Game Pass. I just currently don't, so I'm choosing to buy them early. And same thing. To... I... Go ahead. No, no, you go, you go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm going to say. And that is like, you know, and where else am I buying these games? I bought a bunch of Nintendo games here recently that were exclusive to the Switch. Okay. Yeah, because I happen to like them. Absolutely. But ultimately, you know, that's that's a good thing. But stuff like, let's say, Sony. Again, I've mentioned... Sony had like three first parties this year: uh, Horizon, Horizon Two, Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Yeah, that was God like, of Forbidden War. West, and then God of War, and then Last of Us Part One. The, the re. Did that come out? Yeah, Last of Us Part One huh. came out. Huh. So that one came out again. So that was like, like the unexpected one. So that's three of them, and I bought none of them, and I don't plan to anytime soon. So. That is a big matter of like, okay, what's the movement on there? So it's these, all these things that are happening, they seem like, oh, boo, they're just trying to be greedy and spend money. It's like, well, one, they've always been greedy. They've always been trying to get your money. Playing corporations. Yeah. No, no one is your friend here. <laughs> you were never meant to win here. You were only meant to spend money. Um, Like even if the Nintendo increases the price on the Switch on there, I had a friend speak on it. It's like, yeah, but like at this point, why don't you have a Switch already if you really want one? Like, why would they not? charge more for it if they feel they need to like th- again that saturation rate of like no it's moved as much as it's going to you're not going to see a gigantic fucking bump again it's just not going to happen we, again we we were in the time where one the ps5 is completely sold out as well as everything is is increasing in prices getting a physical console right now is not necessarily needed we are now moving way more into the digital atmosphere when it comes to video game, such as cloud gaming, as well as consuming digital media, consuming games digitally without buying a physical disc. Um, so when it comes down to it, the only way you're going to want to get another console or something new is if, one, we're going to a next-gen, which won't happen for another five to eight years, or, and this is my, my this is just me wanting to talk about it, uh, if Sony or X or Xbox, Microsoft uh, decides to have another console, like a special edition, like a God of War edition PS5 or some shit. But how it is now, consoles are not going to sell. They need to increase something. So it's either going to be the games, the subscription services, or your your premium, your your, your Xbox Gold or your, your PS Plus. Like something has to give way. Yeah. If it's video games, so be it. Cause I know a lot of a lot of you motherfuckers, me included, would probably pay more for a game just for the sheer quality of it. Like if if God of War was like eighty bucks, I would not complain. Yeah, I would not complain. Like again, I, I just to make emphasis on that, I am not buying God of War right now. That's because I don't think it's a good game. Because I just know that isn't the game I want right now, and the offerings it's not your are cup so of tea. limited. So that, that's that's okay. Because you know what, that means I'll buy it later on. At maybe like a sale price or something when I am prepared for it. Uh, it's still a good quality uh, purchase, absolutely. But with the sake of things are increasing in their price, I'd rather have spent that 80 bucks I did, I would have on God of War when it released. Instead, I went to Steam for the holiday sales. And for that same price, I got like 
seven, five, seven indie titles or this titles on sale period. Like, yeah, that was a hella worth it for me comparison. This is all going to be a matter of you're still going to have to be spending mad money. There's no way around it. Like, it's plain and simple. There's no way around it. It's not even about the companies necessarily being greedy, per se. It's just a matter of, like, yeah, no, it's this shit's getting expensive. how shit is. Yeah, this yeah. is how ga- the gaming industry, not just gaming industry, how things are in general. Yeah, like, it, Inflation's it sucks. a bitch. That's what we got. Yeah, like, it's a bitch. No one's paid enough and things you, of that you, nature. You probably but, don't like, even realize your food costs a little extra this week. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even realize it. And that, we ain't talking tax. I'm saying that them them, them uh, cans of Chef RD used to be eighty something cents, and they hit a dollar recently. Not not a fan. So, the, the only guaranteed thing that'll stay the same price is Arizona, and that's only because they are stubborn. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Ari- uh, there's three certain things in life: death, taxes, and Arizona being ninety nine cents. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So yeah, keep it in mind, folks. Like I said, listen to what we say. We try to give the best ideas, but yeah, make the best decisions for your wallet. You are at the point now where it is not a matter of oh, you buy the hardware, you you buy the games, yada yada. This is a time to reevaluate for yourself if you are going to be engaging with high quality, high priced video uh, content such as video games. Invest in what is going to stretch your dollar the furthest, because that's what it's about now. It's about it should yeah. just work. It should be easy to access, and it should be the right cost for you, wherever you are. And we're kind of late to this, but uh, yeah, keep buying physical while you still can because uh, hey, those companies they don't give a shit if you bought on digital. They can still revoke your access. Remember PT? I have started to buy a single physical game in this generation. Yeah, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Well. That's the news, but we're not done yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a shotgun of this. So this Thursday, we got video game awards. We're gonna be making fun of Jeff Keighley. I make a I make that as a joke, but we really are gonna make fun of Jeff Keighley. Uh that's gonna be 7:30 p.m. Eastern. We're gonna be going live probably a few minutes earlier, just to get things set up, make sure everything is tip top shape. Fair warning, if you're what. Actually, I should say just fair warning in general. Not if you're watching on a one uh, stream or not. I will be talking to my chat a lot. So if you hear a lot of me, one, you're welcome. And two, it's because I got to entertain my peoples. That's how I stream. Uh, secondly, we have a list. A few episodes ago, we talked about who we think we're gonna, who we think is going to win versus what might actually get to win. I'm just going to run through some of these categories and what we decided uh, from the bottom up. So Award for Innovation, P thought it was going to be Last of Us Part 1. I said it was going to be The Quarry. Best Adaptation, P said it was going to be uh, League of Legends, Arca- uh, yeah, League of Legends Arcane. I said Sonic the Hedgehog 2, even though it's most likely going to be Cyberpunk. Uh, most anticipated game of 2023, P said uh, Breath of the Wild 2, aka Tears of the Kingdom. I said Resident Evil 4 because I'm a fanboy. Best Multiplayer Game, P said TMNT, and rightly so, I agree, but I also said Modern Warfare 2 because majority rules. Best Fighting Game, not Sifu. Not Sifu, both P and I both agree. DNF Duel because it deserves it. Best role playing game, P said Triangle Strategy. While I agree, I said Pokemon's Legends Arceus, Arceus, however you want to pronounce it. Best action adventure, we both agreed. God of War Ragnarok, best action game. This is where I would say Sifu would win. P said Sifu would win. I say Bayonetta 3 because that's the only thing it got nominated for. Best yeah. debut indie, yeah. <laughs> That that hurts to say, honestly. Bayonetta mm-hmm. only got one nomination. God damn. 
best debut indie Pete said stray i would like to agree but also i said tunic because i want to show tunic some love best independent game just in general p said sifu i could see it winning i said cult of the lamb because it's only nominated for that games for impact p said citizen sleeper we uh, this entire section we have no idea what any of these games are i just want to say that full full transparency i said as dust falls best performance we both said christopher judge if he doesn't win it's racially motivated if sunny wins i'm okay with that if they're both god of war ragnarok <laughs> go on no, you go on. You, you no, know, yeah, that that's your your coffin. Go ahead. You keep. Yeah, no, 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 no. Hey, say, hey, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> After what I just went through in God of War Ragnarok, one of those motherfuckers deserves a fucking award. I'm not going to say what I went through. I'll be saving that until after the VGAs. But my chest hurt. I I I know pain. I now know pain. But yeah, we both said Christopher Judge. I'm okay if Sonny wins, but Christopher Judge better fucking win. Anyway, best audio. P said Gran Turismo 7. I said Elden Ring. Best score in music. P said uh, Plague Star Requiem. I said Metal Hell Singer, and it better fucking win. Best art direction. P said Stray. I agree. I said Elden Ring, because why the fuck not? Best narrative. A Plague's Tale Requiem. We both said it. Although I, I, I kind of want to say God of War now. Only because if it doesn't win Game of the Year, it should win Best Narrative. Uh, best direction p said stray i also agree i said god of war ragnarok and last but not least the game of the year p said god of war ragnarok i said elden ring that was the lineup we didn't say anything about esports because who really cares do you p do you care about esports it's not it's a matter of i care the matter that jeff you don't actually care jeff just just stop Stop trying identity. Identity is what sells. Identity what is is what is success. Jeff, you are not esports. You never will be esports. You don't give a shit about esports. Stop pretending like you do. If you want, if you want to give esports that, if you no no hold on, if you want to give esports its flowers, okay, then invest in its own situation to go ahead and be esports branding. But do not make it the the video game awards because you just you're not going to be that person. You will never give it its proper flowers because you are not that individual. I will say giving a game like best competitive multiplayer game an award for esports, I say that's acceptable because that's not mm-hmm. about the comp- community. That's just about a game that has been competitive. That as yeah. well as uh, c- community um, community feedback or whatever their award is, which we already know that you, you pick Final Fantasy 14 every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yep. But uh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, that, that's it for the video game awards tune in thursday 7 30 p uh sorry just a few minutes earlier than 7 30 p.m eastern while uh we set up we talk about the vgas and then we make fun of jeff keely and imagine dragons if they show up again please keely please have some self-respect don't bring back imagine dragons for the love of god please i beg of you i don't want to listen through it. it again go and do it is his tasted music that bad I I don't know if it's his text means being that that much it is that people are just really fucking weird. You're in LA, people. invest in someone else. Also, taking all bets, how many times do you think Kojima's gonna be uh, is gonna be uh, referenced? Oh, I think he's just gonna like, be sitting behind Jeff the entire time. <laughs> Gun right behind head is like, oh, so you think from software only does this? Yeah, no, like it's it's, it's not going anywhere. Uh, here, I'm trying to see the exact time of it of the show. Uh, 7:30 p.m. Eastern. 
Eastern? Eastern. 7.30 p.m. Eastern. That's that what is... I saw a week ago. Unless they changed it. I th- Okay, here we go. Yeah. Opening act. God, stop with this shit. Stop with this shit of like opening act. Okay. Opening act is 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Meaning the actual sh- award show will probably go ahead and be 8 p.m. Eastern. Most likely. But they're doing like um, the pre-show bullshit, whatever. But they don't want to get the actual... We, we, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but the VGA is is not just an award show; it's also uh, ga- like game premiering. It, yeah. it, it's basically secondary E3, so yeah. we might get some actual trailers during that opening show. I'm okay with it. Yeah. So, like, I'm, we, uh, I don't know. Do you want? Do you want to? We'll, we'll discuss that. Do you want to make that call? Would like to show up at the the pre-show? Uh, I'll say why not, just so that way. You know what? We could talk about it tomorrow when we actually okay. have when we're closer. Because yeah. right now I want to say yes, but also I don't know what else I have in store. And not to mention, um, that's that's thirty minutes. I don't know if we're actually gonna be talking throughout that whole entire bit. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, folks. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Look, follow I'm, us on Twitter, and we'll talk about it. You will update one, y'all. One way or the other, I'm gonna have this stream going twenty four seven in like four different places, especially Steam. So I want to want to give you that goddamn Steam Deck. So. We'll see what oh, happens. Oh, yeah, I forgot they're doing that. Yeah, every minute. Every minute. I'll yeah, take any extra minute I can. So that's one of my homies for letting me know about that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to anyone who doesn't know the story behind that, too bad I'm not covering it because uh, letting you know makes my job harder of getting it. So, with that in mind... That's going to go ahead and be the show of the day, folks. I thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. We enjoyed having you. We will see you again. Not tomorrow, because we were taking the day off. But we will see you on Thursday at around about 7.30. Eastern. 7.30, and if we decide we don't want to go through the pre-show, 8 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Just, uh, just, just, you know, just, just be there. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're, we're going to be around. We're going to be around. Yeah. Uh, P, where, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, you can go ahead, and that will be this Thursday when we're doing the recording for the reacts. It's going to be at twitch.tv slash CLOSP. That is twitch.tv slash CLOSP. Be happy to As have you here. So you go in there and just enjoy stuff. Uh, yeah. I'll also be doing my own, uh, I will also be streaming co-streaming uh, and on my Twitch channel twitch.tv slash ultimatejvdeath and as well as uh, Minus is going to be here with us we're going to have the entire VG Weekly Roundup crew not just the two of us, the three of us finally, that, back together again that is the plan that is the plan, I will state as Minus has said, uh, he is on baby time right now, so he will try to be here, but uh, officially he is on baby time so if they cannot, that's alright they're being a wonderful parent all right, folks. Uh, Ultima, anything for you? Uh, yeah, tomorrow, stream, uh, 11.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to try and finish God of War Ragnarok. If not, then uh, the first half, the first half of the end of God of War Ragnarok. Aside from that, uh, yeah, just, just check me out at uh, twitch.tv slash ultimatejvdeath, again, as well as Twitter at ultimatejvdeath if you want to get some in some updates on when I'll be streaming and other shit. I'm kind of an idiot, so I hope to entertain y'all. Oh, yeah, I should probably mention there's going to be a new incentive. Uh, Justin, given that we are coming into the break season, you can go ahead and tune into twitch.tv slash and you will see me at least doing once a few hours in the weekend 
starting off like a new game as a series called how how do you how does one even with a new game every weekend just to go ahead and fiddle around with it and see what's going on there so thoughts on there uh should be fun but yeah just keep it on it and with that that's pretty much it for this for, for the episode thank you all for uh listening in and for uh checking in on twitch as well as wherever you get your podcast from both on apple google and literally every other website by the way, if you haven't already, go out and uh, buy Lost Odyssey on the, on the Microsoft Store. Just do it. It deserves it. It's been 15 years since it first released on the Xbox 360. Damn, that game is so good. So, so good. All right, folks. Talk about Catch it. you next time. Later.